Welcome to The West Steps, a podcast from the Colorado Children's Campaign that explores issues that impact Colorado kids and families. I'm your host, Beza Tedes. Thank you for joining us for this week's episode of The West Steps. And it has been a very difficult week and it has been a very painful week. We have seen protests take to the streets in all 50 states and countries around the world demanding that Black Lives Matter, because for centuries now, they haven't. And it is a moment to plug in, to jump in, to do all that we can. But sometimes in moments like these, it feels really difficult to know what to do in something you haven't done for a long time. So we will hear from the staff of the Colorado Children's Campaign about how they have been plugging in and what they have been doing to be in relationship and in the fight for black lives, for transformational change, not just a day or two of protest. As a black immigrant woman who have seen people be deeply reckless with other people's lives from a very young age, who grew up in a war-torn country where people have forgotten what it feels like to be human, because they were blinded by fear and pain and rage. It breaks my heart to see that happening in a place like this. But it also reminds me that everything that we see, we have designed. Everything that we see, we can redesign. We can tear down the systems of oppression that make Black lives not matter, that make it permissible for white officers to stand on the necks of black men with no consequences. We can build a society and systems that value black children as they value white children, that black women and black men don't have to prove themselves over and over for the job they are paying to do. We can do those things, but it requires for all of us to jump in, to use our special skills of talking of convening, of donating, of persuasion, to get all of us to be on the same page if all lives are going to matter, Black lives and Native lives and immigrant lives also matter. Our collective liberation is tied up on the idea that all of us need all of us to succeed. So I hope you take a moment to listen to learn, to reflect, and to stay in awareness that all of us are needed in this fight and finding how you can plug in and how you can stay in the fight is deeply crucial. Thank you to my colleagues who have taken the time to share their experiences with you. I hope you reach out to us. I hope you send questions to us. I hope you share your experiences back to us to tell us how you are making change in your community, how you're demanding Black lives should matter as much as any other life in your community. Thank you for your time. And here is the staff of the Colorado Children's Campaign. Uh, This week I'm working on, I continue to work on internally, how to best show up right now as a mixed person. 
I come from on one side a white family with quite a bit of privilege. I uh, also have light skin and I move through the world with that privilege. And at the same time, I come from on the other side, a um, Mexican immigrant family that was met with many disadvantages when they came to this country. Um, and I live that duality every day. I'm always both. I'm always both experiences and representing both worlds. And so I um, and work, am working on how can I show up for the black community as um, a person of color and relate to them in that way and fight alongside them and also step back because I'm at the same time I'm a white person. Um, and there are many experiences that are being highlighted right now that I don't know very much about that I need to learn uh, more about. It's particularly hard because in our world we sort of posit these certain racial groups as opposed to each other like you're either one or the other and there's never any mixing and we know that's not true um and so to be both is to figure out requires that I figure out what experiences do I have and and which ones do I lack and and what kind of work do I need to do uh around the experiences that I lack um it's confusing and it's uh, difficult and it's also really important. This is JC Montoya Price. I'm the advocacy manager for the Children's Campaign and co-convener of the Raise Colorado Coalition. The events of the past couple of weeks have been weighing heavily on me and my family and it's been hard to stay motivated and hopeful. I think what has been my primary source of action is educating my children who are six and nine about the history of racism in our country, about the impacts of discrimination and violence and what we can do to combat it. We're reading lots of books having lots of discussions and thinking of kid-friendly activities we can do to take a stand. I recently read an article about 26 ways to take action without being in the streets, and that's been really um, helpful. Um, it does, because of the violence that's been happening at protests, seem daunting to take my kiddos out to make a stand in that way. So we're thinking of virtual protests and other actions we can take to um, stand up against racism and to show that my kids' generation will make the world a better place. Hi, this is Tara Manthe with the Children's Campaign. And I've been on my journey toward racial justice for quite a while. I've worked on it really intensely in the past few years especially and I the more I work on it the more work I see needs to be done the harder it feels um, and so I really have learned a lot this week about where I've been and where I'm going and how much more there is to be done um, one area that I've really focused on in the past few years is um, using and examining my access to privilege and power um, and questioning and removing barriers to others to um, sit at those tables. Um, I've chaired a few boards and steering committees that I've helped recruit people of color to so that those are 
at least half people of color. Um, there's a lot of more work than just asking someone to the table. You have to um, make sure everyone feels welcome and included and can be their authentic selves. Um, or it's not um, really uh, in service to uh, equity. So that is one area I've worked on um, in the past few years. And this week really... Um, thinking about my role in helping other white people who are just waking up to their privilege and whiteness and um, helping um, guide them and, and support them in their work. Thank you. This is Sarah Barnes. I'm the manager of special policy initiatives at the Children's Campaign. And I think the most important lesson I've learned in the past year in my personal journey to become anti-racist is that as a white person, I hold an incredible amount of power, even in spaces where I might not feel like I have power, either because I'm a woman or because I don't have positional power in that situation. And I've learned that part of being anti-racist means that I have a responsibility to use that power to explicitly name when white supremacist culture is playing out, even when I'm uncomfortable or afraid of speaking up or pushing back on someone who I feel like holds more power than I do. This week, I'm thinking a lot about this lesson and what it means in the context of the current uprising for racial justice and how I need to use my white power and privilege to support this fight. The work to be anti-racist for me personally and for the children's campaign is ongoing, and I have to stay in it. Hi, this is Erin Miller. I'm the vice president of health initiatives at the children's campaign. And where am I in my journey toward racial justice? I would say that a lot of my learnings over the last few years um, have been on recognizing my own privilege. And it really forces you to re-examine your own position in the world and your own family history. You know, I'd always known I was lucky. I knew I was sort of born on third base. I knew I was set up for success because of my family's economic circumstances. Um, and I think what I've really learned over the last several years is that while it's true that my family members... Um, uh, they worked hard and they were lucky, but they were also benefiting from a system, a system of white supremacy that meant that the deck was stacked in their favor and that I've benefited from that same system. And so um, there may have been folks who worked just as hard and were just as qualified, but who didn't get as far because um, the system was set up in such a way to benefit me and my family over them. Um, and so that's been a big part of my learnings over the last few years. Like so many others, I was outraged and heartbroken to hear of yet another black man dying at the hands of a white police officer. I was overwhelmed with emotion viewing those images that displayed such gross indifference to human life. And I know that can't compare with how my friends and colleagues of color must have felt in that moment or feel now or have unfortunately felt way too many times. And that made me reflect upon the fact that had this happened a couple of years ago before I had embarked upon an equity journey through work, that it would have been very easy for me to see this as a singular incident between two people and not 
the outcome of the systemic racism and glaring inequities that exist in our society. So I'm taking that education and that message into my mostly white community and spheres of influence and challenging that perception and hopefully opening up the opportunity for conversation and dialogue in an effort to be a part of the change. I'm Bill Jager, and I'm the Vice President of Early Childhood and Policy Initiatives. I'm so proud to be working for this organization at this time. We all get up every day and think about how we can be part of the change that removes barriers to opportunity for those who face some of the greatest obstacles in our society. Too often, because our country's history of systemic racism, those children at the greatest distance to opportunity are children of color. I'm given hope, though, that when we act, that we can reimagine how our country and our, how our society works. To realize that hope, we must act both individually and collectively. In this moment, as an individual, I think the most important thing I can do is listen first. That means listening to the pain we are hearing our friends, colleagues, and fellow Americans voicing in loud protests and in quiet moments of disappointment, frustration, and despair. As important as it is for me to listen right now, it's not enough. So everything from small to large actions are necessary. Those small actions for me have meant reaching out to friends and colleagues to offer what I can. It has also meant making donations to nonprofits led by African-American colleagues. And most importantly, it's meant renewing my commitment to being a part of the collective change that organizations like ours advocate for. My professional and personal lives are so intertwined when it comes to the mission of this organization and how I define success in my life. I'm as committed as ever to making the changes that address systematic racism and lift up opportunity for the children and families in this state and country. History, and this moment in particular, continue to remind us that all of our lives are inextricably linked together. And until black lives matter to all, we will fail to live up to our ideal as a country and as a humanity. I'm Joy Fitzgerald. I'm a white person in my 60s who's been processing major shifts in my perspective about race and racism in recent years. The first shift is seeing re racism in terms of structural and systemic oppression rather than in terms of individual behavior. This difference obviously has huge implications for the response required. Second is a willingness to sit in the discomfort of acknowledging the privileges I enjoy as a white person simply because I'm white, and also, and harder, that my privileged status is maintained at the cost of people of color. Third is ongoing questioning of what I thought I knew about race and racism. I've been doing this through reading, formal trainings, and difficult conversations with white colleagues and colleagues of color. I've learned this information is helpful only to the extent I can muster the non-defensiveness and humility to take it in personally. Unless I'm willing to see my biases, I don't have a chance to examine or change them. This is Kelly Cossey, the CEO of the Colorado Children's Campaign. When I think about where I'm at on my journey to racial justice, I would say that I'm, I'm learning and I'm growing, and my mantra is awareness and action. Awareness and action, awareness and action. And in this moment, I'm really focused on action. I want to demonstrate through my actions, not just my words, 
that I'm committed to racial justice. And so I'm, I participated this week in one of the protests in Denver. I've been supporting black-owned businesses. I put money into a black-owned bank. I'll continue to speak up and to learn and grow. But right now, I'm focused on actions I can take to support racial justice, not just today, not just tomorrow, but for my lifetime. So I'm a white woman, and what I've been doing this week is checking in on my black friends and colleagues to just see how they're doing and tell them that I love them. Um, I've been trying to pay attention to what's most needed and take direction from the black leaders of this movement. Um, So the easiest action that I've taken based on explicit asks that I've seen on Twitter is to donate to the Colorado Freedom Fund, which is our community bail fund. The last two nights, I joined the peaceful protests here in Denver, and I've been most inspired by the extreme bravery of people who have shared their stories and their pain with thousands of other people. What I haven't done yet, but what I need to do is um, talk to my close family about how they're educating themselves about structural racism and how they're taking action. Hi, everyone. My name is Sam Espinoza. I'm a policy analyst at the Colorado Children's Campaign, and I'm a white woman living in the suburbs of Denver working towards racial justice. I try to bring um, racial justice work into every aspect of my life. I do this through conversations with friends and family, challenging power dynamics, even the ones that I benefit from. Um, More recently, I've learned how important it is to acknowledge the years of work that black leaders and leaders of color have done before me to bring about change. Um, And so although I'm not perfect at it, I've really learned how important it is to acknowledge the realities of all the work that's come before me, especially when presenting information to people in positions of power. Um, And lastly, I'm still learning a lot. I'm learning how to be a better listener and how to identify um, when I perpetuate inequities and how to call those out when they're systemic, even when no one's asking. Because I don't want to live in a world where families have to talk to their four-year-old sons and daughters about why they can't play with water guns or what to do if they see a policeman. I want to live in a world where Black infants and babies of color have just as many liberties and opportunities to thrive as white babies. Thank you. The West Steps is a production of the Colorado Children's Campaign. If you want to support our work, go to coloradokids.org. Fun fact, you can also find out Erica's pet peeves on her profile page on our website. Please don't do that.